This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT. You keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough. We suck. You let us down. Angry Lou. Angry Lou. A hole the size of... I don't even know what in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Great call by manager Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, dog? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Oh, baby! We, we were, got him! We were conducting the orchestra at 12.02 Gresham Fourier, and, uh, yeah, this guy... Well, if he's he, slippery, isn't he? If he hasn't already <laughs> checked his message that uh, just got left for him, I'm sure he will be when he's done. You hear him as a part of the Red Sox radio network, as I call him, the voice of baseball in Boston, our friend Lou Merloni on the Harbor One Hotline. Lewis, how are you? Happy Friday, everybody. Oh, oh. Where, where, what hole are you on? He's not. He's no, home. No, oh, you're no. home? You can hear the echo. No. Oh. Yeah, no, no no golf today. No golf. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. So yeah. Nothing today. Yeah, listen, listen to your voice message after uh, this hit, okay? I will. I will. <laughs> I, Lou, is actually, Lou is actually standing outside Boston's preeminent MRI center that Chris Sale is about to go into, and yeah. they're going to punch the card for his 10th MRI, so the next one is it's free. free. Oh, That's right. How about well, that? Lucky. Gets the balloon. Maybe <laughs> no buddy, like a little surprise. They normally Whoa. give you a bike ride, but he would Something. fall. So yeah, they, they can't gotta, do that either. Oh, man, Lou. Once again with Chris Sale. Ugh. Not good. Not good. And, you know, it's funny because we had this discussion, I think, the last two or three outings, and it was like, you know, can you start to trust this guy? Is he back? And and you kind of really simplify and break it down. You're like, man, I'm just happy he's giving nine or ten or eleven starts and hasn't got hurt yet. You know, if you you know, but, yeah, he was back. And it was just fortunate. Um, I was hoping it was some kind of like a strained side, oblique, or something like that because the shoulders, you don't want any part of the shoulder, you want any part of the elbow. The other stuff, the fluke injury, falling off a bike, breaking a pinky, whatever. But shoulder, elbow, that's not good. 
I mean, on a scale of one to ten, ten being holy crap, uh, this is this is over. Where do you, where's your like fear factor with this as far as what could what could the results be of the MRI? Well, I mean, I'm, listen, I always worry too much, you know. Um, I mean, as far as if he can't go, if he's done for the year, like you know, I, I think it's gonna be really hard for this team to kind of compete in this division. Um, everything was kind of, you know, a lot of things needed to go right for this team to compete for a playoff spot, and and they really have maybe except for the last week to 10 days, you know, but um, him going down is not good. You know, then you're looking at a guy like Paxton and who's back in that rotation. Is it Pavetta? Do they want to keep Crawford in the bullpen? So, yeah, my concern level is probably about an eight right about now or nine. So what yeah, do because, they do yeah, then, Lou? What, what, I mean, cause, right, because they threw P- uh, Pavetta got basically, I guess, uh, he got demoted to the bullpen. He's a starting pitcher, and he did, wasn't really happy about it. At least I don't think so. And do they bring him back in? Like how does like so? What's your what's your rotation now? You know, I I actually always felt like Cutter Crawford was a you know should be a starter. He's got starter stuff, but I just sort of like that dynamic of him and Winkowski out there in that pen with those other guys. So I think I'd put Pavetta in, in the rotation. You know, I know you got they got this double header scheduled double header tomorrow. Yep. So it's gonna be you know someone's gonna be jumping in there, and, and who knows what's going on with Kluber? It was just a fandom to get him ready and give him some time off, whatever. But uh, I think I'd rather have Pavetta in the bullpen, I mean, in the rotation, because I think he's a better pitcher. You know, and I don't know what Kluber's situation is, but Pavetta helps you more out in the bullpen. So it sort of turns into like, okay, what are we trying to improve more? Keep the bullpen kind of solid because he's been throwing the ball well, or do we just want to gas up our rotation and get guys there? So I think that probably goes into the thought process. Like w- right now, what's more important, the fifth spot or having a really good deep bullpen? Our friend Lou Marloni is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. He's a part of the Red Sox Radio Network, and as we say here, the voice of baseball in Boston. I've seen you tweet about this a little bit, and if there was one thing, Lou, going into the year, I was like, boy, this Red Sox team, okay, they got some holes, but defensively they should be okay. Well, this week has not been great for them defensively, and it's really hurt them. Do we have to start to worry that that part of the game is going to become a problem for this crew? Yeah, you know, it really has been all year long. It's just that they, they were swinging the bat so well that they were making up for a lot of it. Um, for 100 years in the game of baseball, it, to be a good defensive team, you have to be strong up the middle. And going into the season, you had two catchers that you didn't know if anyone could be a starter. You didn't know if you kick and play shortstop, kick and play shortstop every day. You didn't know if the Royal could stay healthy. And Duvall is a gold glove outfielder, but he's a gold glove left fielder, not a center fielder. So when the season started, you were pretty weak defensively, you know, up the middle of the field, or a lot of question marks, I should say. Um, and that's kind of where you're still at. Like, at, at, you know, watching Kike play shortstop, it's, it's like, you know, it makes you appreciate a guy like Xander Bogarts, who every single day, and Derek Jeter, every day, kind of boring, but they'll just make the routine plays. So they don't make the spectacular plays great. But you know what? If they catch it, he, it's out. And Kike's, you know, at times has played a really nice shortstop. He obviously had a meltdown the other day. But, I mean, at times he has shown, like even in the last month, that he's kind of settled in a little bit. But playing every single day, it's a routine play needs to be made. And it's just defensively right now, it's, it's killing them. You know? yeah. I mean, earlier in the year, they were taking losses off the board and putting doubles up with these comebacks. It wins off the board and they're putting up losses. So, like, even with Kiki, like, even, like, the other day when we spoke to Cord, like, the last time I looked, like, I mean, the other day, like, he was leading the majors in errors. At the time, he had 11. And so, obviously, mentioned that to Cora, and he seemed to kind of downplay it as maybe, you know, don't look at the errors so much as the run saved. Is yep. that, like, an accurate, like, you know, hey, 
don't worry, the sky isn't falling kind of like coach speak, or is that just like the truth? I think it's kind of a way to justify what you're seeing, you know, in, in their terms. You know what I mean? Because um, you can sit there and say, you know, I, the question is, do you want a shortstop that's got great range but can't make the routine play? So, great, he takes hits away left and right, you know, once in a while here. But for the most part, most ground balls are routine. Out the routine play. Okay, I'd love to have I'd love to have both. But he's sort of like this, and he's struggling with some routine plays, but he's saving runs defensively, maybe with some range or taking hits away. And that's great, but it's got to be kind of a little bit of both, right? So they're focusing on the positives. He's taking some runs away. But the errors, I mean, it's, it's hard to ignore because they're just they're there. Lou Maloney is with Gresh and Fourier. He's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, we did ask Cora about uh, Memorial Day. And, Lou, I had always heard – being in this business, that when you get to Memorial Day, you kind of take stock of what you have. Is that a benchmark that you go by? And if so, is this team about right what you thought they would be at Memorial Day? Around a couple games over five hundred. I didn't expect them to be this far behind in the division. I mean, Tampa's off to an unbelievable start. The Orioles are actually not fading after another good start. But couple games over five hundred, I guess this is really where they're supposed to be around this time of year, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the saying pretty much is a six month season. So the first two months you evaluate what you have. The next two months, maybe you see what you have internally, and you evaluate what you might need externally in the trade market. And then the last two months it's a sprint. You know, you've gone through the trade deadline. This is our team. Go get them. So they're in that evaluation process right now. Um, they're pretty much exactly what I think most people thought they would be. You know, I mean, I, I you know. This week, I know they lost two to the Reds, and it's like, oh, my God, look at this payroll. I can't believe they're losing to the Reds and everything. And it's like, okay, raise your hand if you thought they were going to win a World Series. Like, who, is there anybody out there that thought they were going to go to the World Series? Like, they're competitive. I mean, they're fun to watch at times. So this is kind of who they are. And really, the last 10 games or so, they have, you know, they've struggled. They struggled out, out in Anaheim, and they struggled against the Reds. So uh, should it be games over 500? Yeah, give or take a couple. I mean, I could see them being five games over 500, kind of really who they've been so far this year. But this is kind of who they are. What they're This year it's, it's about kind of building a new core. It's about moving forward and saying, okay, is this our rotation next year? Is this our lineup next year? Is this our bullpen next year? Do we have some more pieces? And how do we build on that? So when you look at, like, uh, just their overall standings and their record, do you think they – being the players get and even Cora get a little irritated that they have to look at the standings and realize they're in last place, even though they have a winning record. And if they were in the NL Central or the AL Central, they either be in first place or battling for first place. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't think that players kind of, you know, they'll, they'll look at it once in a while, but it's really like a day to day kind of mentality, day to day job. But when you're there every single day and you look up at the green monster at home and you just see yourself in last, you know. I think they felt better about themselves when they were, you know, four or five games above, you know, 500 and sitting there in fourth and being like, okay, we're a couple games out of third, and that's where the wild card spot's going to be. But um, they, they, they can't be looking at scoreboard. They can't be getting frustrated. They are what they are. I think they just got to go about it day to day here with Tampa Bay and try to pull two of these games out and hopefully three. Hey, Lou, what happened to Adalberto Mondesi? He's still around. What, 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 what happened to that guy? Yeah, someone once said, until I actually see him on the field, I don't believe he exists. I have <laughs> no idea. Like, this guy Mondesi, I remember in camp thinking, okay, you're thin up the middle. And the word I got was Mondesi will probably be ready by the end of April. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 we're going to put him on the sixty because the timeline actually kind of you know we only lose a couple of days. He's probably will be ready, you know, the end of May, and he's not even. I don't think he's even rehabbing, like as far as playing games. He hasn't done anything. Like we are solid, even if he is good to go, like three weeks away once he starts that rehab process, and he hasn't even done it yet. So I, I don't know. I think the only relief right now is like, Yu Chang. You know, I mean, get him back. Put him at shortstop. You know, move Kike over to second base. Move him around a little bit, maybe in center field. And get him back to that role he's really good at, which is really hard playing every other position. But still, it's like that's – I don't know. I don't know where he is. I couldn't answer that one. I don't know. <laughs> hey, honesty from Lou Maloney. I love it. <laughs> hey, so uh, have you heard anything on uh, the two injured guys that I think a lot of guys are you know, hoping to come back soon, Story and Duvall? Yeah, I think Duvall – Last I had heard, he is expected to come back June 9th when he's eligible, which will be Friday night in New York. Um, so he'll be back. Story, uh, I think he's still kind of in that same time frame as far as mid-July goes. Um, I think he's swinging the bat. So I think they're – you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're sticking with this mid-to-end-of-July type of thing and you actually kind of see him the first week of July. But, you know, given the all-star break, the timing of it, it's probably right after that. You can just smell it happening right now. What? They're going to get healthy, and they're going to have a great September, and it's going to be like when Lou goes out and shoots 88, but yet in 17 and 18, it's birdie par on the way in, and he's back out there again, even though the number blew up. Like, that's what it feels. Seriously. Oh, Mondesi will be ready to go. Story will be back. Oh, Sale, after uh, three months on the DL, he'll be okay. We're going to have a hell of a September around here that isn't going to matter. It just feels like everybody's hurt, and they'll be back at the end of the year to leave a good taste in your mouth, and then hopefully Heim can go do something. I mean, seriously. It'll, you know, for them right now, obviously there's a big weekend here with Tampa. It's like they just have to stay in it. You know what I mean? And they just have to play some meaningful baseball games, you know, and they're right on the cusp of it. Of course, they're another bad 10 games away from being out of this thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not even talking about the division. Like, forget about the division. Like, you know, and it's a long year. I don't want to say out of this thing, but, I mean, you lose three out of 10 again, and you find yourself seven, eight games out of the wild card, you're in serious trouble. So they need to figure out a way to regroup here and kind of put a good 10-day stretch, a good week, uh, two-week stretch together to try to get back into that wild card spot of a half a game or whatever. Yeah, it it's like that uh, the, the, the end of uh, April and the, the beginning of May where they won those eight games in a row and really kind of padded yeah. their record. They need another one of those. Yeah, and you know, you, you, you just mentioned a certain a particular time, but the, um, like the trade deadline, you know, if they can get Story back at the trade deadline, they can get Duvall back, give him like a month swinging the bat well and, they're throwing the ball, playing the ball, playing well. Like right after the trade deadline, they make a move or two. Maybe it's not going to blow me away, and I'm probably going to be pissed. But their schedule after the deadline in August, that's when you finally get to play Oakland. You know what I mean? Teams like <laughs> Washington. You know, granted, you're playing Cincy, but they're a lot better than those two teams. So it'll be interesting if you can get hot after the deadline because of that schedule. Oh, baby, our friend Lou Marloni. When are you back in the booth again, Lou? Uh, actually, next Friday, hopefully, uh, Adam Duvall's first game back in Yankee Stadium. Then I got the uh, Colorado series, and I think that first game against the Yankees that following Friday. Oh, so you're yeah, going, yeah. Oh, so you're going uh, down to New York for a weekend. That'll be fun. Well, it's kind of weird because it's nothing. So I do Friday night. Fox is on Saturday, and, and, and ESPN Baseball picked up Sunday. So I'm just going to fly in Friday, do the game, wake up, and maybe leave. 
Wow. The whole weekend. Rather fly than take a uh, train? Have a nice nice little four-hour Acela ride, get a little nap in there as well? None of that? No, you know, plane's quick. It's up and down. Piece of cake. Well, Piece of cake. I can handle again. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll twist your arm. Country, oh. country Mouse Lou oh. in the city, in the big hey, city. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> oh, I can take a 1 o'clock? Great. I can have a 6 a.m. tea time and still make the flight yeah. and get down there in time. Hey, Lou, thanks, brother. We appreciate you, man. Don't forget to uh, don't forget to listen to the voicemail we left you, and we'll catch you down the road. That's actually a good point. I could get nine in before that flight. Yeah, right? right. Uh, yeah, you can. Because yeah, what? It's an hour and uh, 15 minutes. Piece of cake. You just you just you just helped me out there, Gresh. I appreciate it. Yeah, baby. And then you again Uber, you know. I'm I'm sure there's a big expense budget for that at Nesson. And uh, go from oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. All right, pal. Oh, we'll yeah. see you, man. Thanks, Lou. Bye, guys.